This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Okay, so um, Nigel, as one of my fellow collaborators on Reimagine Law, I'm absolutely delighted today that you are um, going to share uh, uh, some some powerful insights into your career journey and, and things that you've learned and, and, and so on. So let's get kicked off because this is about hearing about your career and what you've learned. Could you share your career journey to date as succinctly as you can, bear in mind you've had a you know a, a great and long career and still very much in it, and specifically why you took some of the decisions you did with your career. Great to be here, nice, nice to be, be here this morning, Simon, and talking about this. Let's start of why I even went to college and, and decided to do the topic I did, actually. So I, I did classics, um, so I was always very interested in the ancient world. Why was I interested in the ancient world? Because I had a wonderfully inspiring teacher at secondary school where I had had the chance to do, um, I grew up down in Kent, so I went to Maidstone Grammar School and, and bumped into a very great teacher, Dr. Dr. Terry Edwards. So he inspired me to get interested in, in Latin and the ancient world. And then I think just as I was coming up to sixth form, there was also that program on TV in search of the Trojan War by, with Michael Wood from in the mid eighties. Sorry, this is back in the mid eighties, everyone. Um, but, uh, and so I just thought, wow, what an interesting place. So that drove me to apply to, and go to King's in London. So I did a uh, first degree in classics at King's, stayed on there, enjoyed that, I was decided, um, I was thinking, do I want to become a teacher or something? And I thought, well, at that stage, I enjoy the subject. So I stayed on to do a doctorate. Um, was really lucky that for two years of my doctorate, um, having grown up in Britain without ever traveling outside of Britain, actually, <laughs> in, my, in my doctoral years, I, I got the chance to go to Greece and live at the British School at Athens. It's like a research base there where you can go and live and, and study and go and visit the place you're, you're researching. So I was researching one of the Greek islands, uh, Lesbos. So, so I went there for two years. I loved it. And I love being in a different culture. I love being in an international environment because the school was very mixed. There were lots of people staying from many different places, learning about the, the Greek culture, the Mediterranean focus on relationships versus task, which I think is interesting going back to growing up in Northern Europe. So I just thought, wow, that's interesting. It's interesting difference. Um, and actually, I, I continued my studies to postdoc level, um, Simon, and that was something I really again, just to carry on exploring the research that I was doing. But increasingly, what I loved was I bumped into someone at the British School who, um, who I worked with because he was studying similar part of Greece. And he had actually retired from business and actually gone back into academia, into research. And so the way he always encouraged us and me to think about the project we were doing was almost at postdoc level, was almost we were managing a small enterprise because we had to market it, manage a team, we had to manage tricky interesting stakeholders. We had to manage a team of about 40 odd people from many different countries. So there was all those kind of like broader skills I was, I was picking up, which I really enjoyed. So having done that for a few years, I suppose career journey then moved on to thinking, okay, I was late twenties by then. And I was thinking, okay, I'm applying for academic jobs. Um, I'm applying for academic jobs. So there's that pathway ahead of me, but I'm enjoying this commercial side of things that I'm increasingly hearing about from the person I bumped into there, um, Kyriakos. And, um, so I also started looking at other jobs and my, probably my main career change, Simon, was um, on a practical level, it was very hard to get a full-time academic job, but I looked around and I literally wanted into the career centre where, where I was at the time, which was Oxford, where I was based for my postdoc years. Um, and I said, okay, well, I've, I've done this project, it's almost like running your own small business in a way, da, da, da. And they literally said to me, have you thought of uh, advisory work? Have you thought of uh, tax consultancy? 
And I just said, no, what's tax consultancy? Um, so to cut a long story short, EY offered me a job, PW offered me a job, and they said, look, bring all your transferable skills, your late 20s, we'll teach you the technical bit very kindly and very generous the, generously of them, really. Um, so I went there, I went to PW. I really, really interesting. Um, enjoyed being there for seven years. I loved the job, which was almost looking at EU directives, tax law, and advising clients and all their business problems they were bringing to us. Often the questions they would ask us were things such as, what's the answer to this in 15 different countries? So I'd be working with the International Offices Network, loved all the international side. So again, I think, Simon, there's a theme here about, you know, I've been in Greece for two years, and then I enjoyed the international side of the work at PW. Um, I decided I didn't probably want to be a partner and I thought, well, if I have to jump one way or the other, I'd rather jump back towards education. So I looked around. It was actually quite difficult to transfer internally. This was back in the early 2000s to the learning and development department. Um, and the reason I was interested in learning and development was because actually in the tax team, they'd said, well, Nigel, you're very good at working with all these international offices. Can you perhaps teach other people how to do this? So I started running a few soft skills courses and stuff, which I really enjoyed. So I went back to thinking about where I might go next and looked around at learning and development. And then a law firm, Simmons & Simmons, was looking for someone who had a background in law, which I'd been doing legal practice in my day job at PwC for seven years, but also had an educational background. So I went there and then basically spent the next 15 years or so, up to 2017, working at Simmons and then Reed Smith, two law firms, developing all the learning and development, which I just found a wonderfully interesting journey because that was back in 2004, it was the beginning of quite near the beginning of law firms thinking about management development in addition to technical training. So I was lucky enough to work with all these people, the externals from London Business School and some of the interesting external folks and coaches who I got to know. Um, and we started to design programs for, say, the leaders around leadership or around business development skills and how you work with clients. That was at the senior level of the career path. Did a lot of work at the junior level of career path. Um, realizing skill sets were changing, Simon, so we needed to make people more broader advisors, especially after the financial crash, when clients were saying to people, we need more rounded advisors. So I invented more MBA type learning for the juniors, both at Simmons, where we invented an MBA, four-year MBA for the grads, as well as at Reed Smith, we did a version of it. What I also learned along the way, apart from embedding coaching was a good idea in, in, in that, was that um, was that also it's it's a really good idea to do practical projects. So I suppose there was all of this learning I was doing, but let's come back to my career path and the choices I made. So I went to Simmons to develop that interest in learning. And then again, me being me, I suppose what I really enjoyed doing was the seven years of building. So, you know, you start from always the quite blank sheet of paper often when you go into a role and then you build almost a curriculum, a series of courses and programs for people, whether they're seniors or juniors across all of the career path. And I got to 2011 and I thought, okay, well, I've done that here and probably the next phase is editing and fiddling with what we've created. And so I suppose I'm always looking back, Simon, it's interesting. I think what I've learned about myself is I like the creative aspect and that first phase of building, creating from a blank sheet of paper, which is kind of what I did at Reed Smith for seven years as well, started from there. And then we, not blank sheet, you know, but you always build new things, the next version of something for them. And you have that exciting phase of building. Um, so I did that for until 2017. Reed Smith very kindly had given me some outside time. So I was doing some coaching and I was linked up to Ox, up at Oxford. Um, and I thought, okay, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed the two law firms I've been at and those two learning roles. I thought, did I want to do a third role and another phase of seven years doing that? I thought, I think probably not. So I went up to Oxford because they wanted to expand their executive education team. So I was designing leadership programs again, often for professional services firms. 
And also I took the opportunity to write up in a series of white papers. I was very keen on sharing knowledge. So we did a white paper collection where I basically, up at Oxford, which um, all around how you should, in my view and from my experience, how you could use learning strategically when you're using it as part of a business and almost all the giving hopefully lots of useful tips of how you could integrate learning into the business strategy of the organization you're working within as well. Um, got, really in, um, got really interested as well, lots of work around innovations and building innovation hubs as well. So I'm always very interested in change. And something I probably haven't said yet, but I'll come back to it now is the themes from my research way back when in the world of classics were all around things like, because they became more anthropological as they went along, things like identity, hierarchy, power, how groups evolve, how cultures change through time. And what I found really interesting 15 years later when I, thought, when I started reading Harvard Business Review and everything was analysis of organizations. What's it often about? Identity, hierarchy, power, groups. And I thought, oh, this is quite familiar actually. So perhaps there's something there, Simon, about transferable learning. Um, my link to Queen Mary where I am now, just to end the story, was really about back in 2013 at Reed Smith, we with my learning by doing passion of how can we help people with experiences of the workplace while they're learning, we invented a sandwich course version of the law degree at Queen Mary. They were really open and accepting of it. Um, and then uh, Queen Mary were interested in expanding now the role around practice. So, you know, I applied for a role and here I am. So that's that's kind of some of the, mo some of the motivation, Simon, and some of the themes. But it's interesting looking back, I think, on careers. You know, when I look back, at, say the themes that I draw from it are, I like inventing things and almost having a bit of a blank canvas. But I love being in international environments as well. Those of you that don't know, so my wife's Greek, um, you know, so I walk in my front door at night and you're in this kind of Mediterranean world still where we're talking to the family and stuff like that on the telephone quite often. So I think there's interesting things, Simon, about what you look back on and realise were themes throughout your career. Nigel, thank you. And what a varied... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, but there's some really interesting things that come out. One is, and we hear this so often in life, is... is if we're fortunate enough to have a really great teacher yes. at some point in our educational life, what a huge impact that has on, on your life. And, and, you, and you're definitely an example of that. And I think two other things to, that have really stood out is um, it feels like when we're starting out in our careers, you know, people are like, well, what do you want to do? What kind of yeah, career yeah, do you yeah. want? It's so difficult to know. And it feels like actually you find out what you enjoy and what you're good at by being in work. Absolutely. It's really hard to know Absolutely. until you're in that, in that environment. And the other piece that definitely seems to come through as a really strong theme from your professional life to date is you're always learning and you're always evolving. Yeah. It's not a, a static thing. That, that There's always stuff um, going. So loads of really great insights. And Simon, just on one of those, I think that point you've really raised, that really to emphasise to the listeners is that thing, as you say, about it's not just about the job description you're thinking you're, you're in there to do. I, I did a little project once where we interviewed CEOs about, you know, their career paths. And one of them said, do you know what I've learned looking back is that what it's about, and I don't think this is just when you're senior, I think it's when you're junior too, is go into a role, work out where you what skills you've got and how you can add value that probably aren't listed on the job description. And that's what you actually focus around. What's your niche and where can you add value? And often it's by doing something, I, I described at PW, I always felt it was almost the bits around the edges of the job, where, which I enjoyed, you know, and I loved doing, but hopefully it was adding value as well to get involved in say the recruitment, the coaching, the mentoring. And where did that take me? That took me to an interest in human development, probably, and, you know, adult development, which take me to the thought of, oh, I'll explore learning and development. Yeah, then. I think that's such a good point around, all the people I know who've been most successful, they go beyond their job spec. 
you know, and, and, and again, when I hire people, I'm always talking about, you know, this is the job, but if you want to get on, do, you know, find ways, bring more of yourself, bring more, you know, all that kind of stuff. So exactly. Nigel, yeah. thank you. I've got some specific questions I, I wanted to, to, to ask you sure. now, again, all through the lens of your professional working life. Uh, and the first one is, what's the best piece of advice that you've been given? So I think this was one where I was very lucky to have a very good coach and mentor at one point. So that's another thing we'll come back to. And they always said to me, Simon, think two steps ahead always in your career. And what they meant by that was almost if you've got something where you're thinking of being perhaps in a few years time, there might be a bit of a gap analysis to be done of saying, OK, to build the skills I need for that thing I really want to do. I might have to go through an intermediate step or even in my current role, how can I build towards any skills or competency gaps by, you know, by working on projects or that. So that thought of thinking two steps ahead, I thought was really helpful, actually, in, in terms of in terms of my, my career. And the other thing I would say is uh, I heard this really nice phrase of think of relationships as bank accounts. Uh, how many deposits are you making in and how many withdrawals are you making? And I think it's a lovely way of thinking. So it's my frame of thinking, always give more than you take. And if you can be somewhere actually where you're giving more than you're taking, it's a great way of building networks. It's a great way of building relationships and, and goodwill to almost, because then it's that thing of almost, we, we really, um, we get on well with the people we like working with. And we actually, so actually building that, almost that sense of giving that sense of how can I help? How can I help? And I know, you know, of course you need to boundary things and everything, but having that, that frame of, the bank account, I think, and am I making enough deposits, I would say as well. Yeah, and I think that's true of every aspect of our life, isn't it? The expression I use a lot is you have to give to get. Absolutely. And it happens Absolutely. in that order. Absolutely. The more you give, the more you get. Often the getting comes from unexpected places. Completely. And you might be an opportunity to get involved in a project or something or whatever. And someone says, oh, Nigel, you know, you, you're interested in helping with that. Well, actually, we're doing another one of those, actually. Or we're doing something else. Would you be interested? You know, perhaps if they see you're keen and curious, there's another word to, to be helpful for our listeners. Be curious and interested, you know, and all of that. Absolutely right. Next one. Um, mm. so, so this is a time machine question. So <laughs> what do you know now that you'd wish you'd known when you were starting out? I wish, and this is probably about something that would have given me more confidence, which I probably got only by doing it, is it's okay to branch out in different directions and actually do things that might look quite different. Uh, and, it's, and also it's, it's really important to challenge yourself and keep in your, in your stretch zone. For example... I think the future is going to be about people with, with cross-disciplinary mindsets. So actually, if someone had said to me, Nigel, if that's the way the world's going to be in 25 years' time, actually build all those skill sets of, of having, of, you know, having interests in different areas. And the last thing I'll, I'll just say on that, Simon, is I remember once one of my bosses said to me, they, and this is just because I was always interested in broad things. So I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm interested in breadth, not depth sometimes, sometimes, you know, I mean, you know, but they said to me, oh, Nigel, what you're really good at, it seems to me, is taking what seem to be disparate bits of information and then turning them into an idea or something. And I, and I suppose that comes just from, you know, perhaps it comes from, I've, I've done quite a few varied things in, in the grid, but that thought of almost, it adds value in your job. If you can make connections between different things is a nice, is perhaps something for our listeners to think about. So don't almost skimp on, don't, don't, be, don't be shy of almost building, building breadth of knowledge, I suppose. 
yeah, absolutely. Is because you just never know. You never know. Because you never know, and 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 it's a bit like a puzzle. You stop. You've got build some bits over here and some bits over here, and then exactly. suddenly this connection is made, and 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 there's a fuller, bigger picture, or there's a bigger opportunity. So I think that's a, yeah, that's a really great piece of insight. And and I, um, I've got three more questions to to, to ask you, and I guess, um, uh, uh, one is looking back what has your career taught you do you think um i would say it's one thing we hinted at a bit earlier so i'm just to expand on it a bit here i would say keep learning and keep at the edge of learning so what have i really enjoyed looking back it's and when i've really felt you know that phrase we say you're in flow and you almost don't notice the time happening because it, you're you're enjoying things so much it's when I've been learning or trying different things. And, you know, I used to do an exercise on a course where I said, who's your best boss or who, you know, what was the time you felt you learned the most? And the number of times people say, oh, it was when I was thrown in at the deep end. Yes, I had some, a little bit of support around me, but I was thrown in at the deep end. And so that thing of doing something for the first time and making sure reasonably regularly you're doing something for the first time, I think keeps you motivated, keeps you learning. Um, and it keeps you building skill sets. You know, it keeps you building skill sets. So I would, that, that would be one thing, Simon. I would say keeping at the edge of your learning and being, you know, that would be one thing. I think it's that piece about never, uh, yeah, you, we never stop learning. You've touched on this a little bit, you know, before, yeah. and, and that's been definitely a theme of, of your professional life um, uh, for, for certain listening to, to, um, to, to what you've said. Um, I'm now going to ask a, a, a perhaps a tougher question, which is, mm. um, about setbacks that you faced in in your professional c career to date. So, um, yeah. yeah, we all experience lots of them through our life. But perhaps pick on one that you know a, a setback that you faced, and and importantly, how you overcame it. Okay, so I suppose one setback was when I did my when I did my doctorate. So you get to the end of a doctorate, and there are there are you know you have a viva, and there are three outcomes. You can either pass it with a few minor corrections. Um, you have a it's referred. This was certainly how it worked in my day. It was it's referred where you have to do quite significant changes or you can basically be told, no, that's only at the level of a master's. So basically, that's what you're getting. Um, that was the way it was uh, when I was doing it. So when I get to the end of all this hard work over many years, having I mean, gone to Greece, traveled around, took, spoken to lots of people, read all the, you know, visited the island, done all the stuff, come back, been supervised. Some of the stuff. So you create this thing of 200, 250 pages or whatever. And, um, you know, mine was referred. And so major, major corrections need to be done. And I remember very detailed feedback being given to me on lots of pages about what I needed to do. The challenge also was that I've been also got a job. At, I've just got a first postdoc job um, at that stage on the assumption, of course, I, I would have passed the Viva, um, where, which luckily they were happy to still give me, um, which was doing another research project um, at Reading. And, and so I had to juggle that. So not only was it about thinking, okay, how do I react to this setback? It's quite a serious setback. It's almost like failing a driving test because you need, you need the doctorate to almost get on in what I thought was going to be my career of an academic career then. So it's a really serious block that's just been put in your path. And you think, well, how do I get through that? And what I did, what I did was from all the feedback that I've got, and I haven't shared this before, but um, you know, what I did was literally I pinned up all the bits of feedback all around me in the little room where I was living in at the time. Um, and... I don't know whether I did that from a motivation point of view, Simon, although I was massively motivated to want to get through this block. And I thought, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get through it. And whether that was the, 
you know, I'm quite a morning person, but, you know, I had to almost do that on a quite serious basis of like getting up, at, you know, doing about three or four hours work before I went into this other job at nine o'clock um, for about a year to get through it. And the other thing that helped me get through it was actually having a great mentor. So someone who, um, someone who, you know, they were in charge of the other projects. So it wasn't actually for them to co-supervise me to get through it, but they very kindly spent a lot of time with me saying, oh, well, perhaps let's think about it like this. Let's think about it, you know, perhaps you could, you know, have a read of that. Have a thing. So finding at the time of need, finding a great mentor, Simon, I think was someone called Sue, um, who's now in America and um, very successful career, who was a wonderful, wonderful person who just gave me, who gave me time and say, it wasn't part of their job description. It wasn't part of what they needed as a deliverable from me in that job but they cared. They cared actually about helping me succeed. And um, when they, they didn't need to at all. And, you know, I'll never ever forget that. That's, that's so kind and generous. It goes back to my thing of making deposits, I suppose, doesn't it? You know, but that whole thing of how you can, so that was massively important to me, Simon, but, you know, I was determined to get through it. I thought, no, I'm going to do this. I've done all this work. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to find the time in the day, even if I'm exhausted, I'm going to get up and do this stuff. But I also had the guidance to do it as well from someone, as well as from my existing supervisor, from someone else. And that was, I wouldn't have got through it otherwise, looking back, probably. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's kind of determination, you know, when, when things go wrong, yeah. we've got to, you know, we've, we've got to, if we want to, if we want to push on through, we, we have to be determined, but also get support. You're not on your own. You exactly. know, if you get support, you've got a much better chance of, of getting through exactly also Simon because it gave me a different frame of thinking as well it was that point of different point a different point of view to say you could approach it like this and I thought okay I've never thought about it like that and actually lots of the stuff that that person threw at me then became the themes I was interested in that I talked about earlier which I went on to develop and have been useful in business actually you know when I'm we're coaching you know what do I end up coaching people coaching leaders when I'm coaching leaders they're often it's thinking about their identity am I like a team manager I'm, am I a, am I delivering an expert service you know identity how their groups work how hierarchy works in the organization, how they can build relationships better. All of those themes, they just flood through. And that all started from that person giving me different readings to do yeah. back in 1991. Yeah, amazing. And and, uh, and then your classics is coming back in again, isn't it, with that whole identity piece and uh, so that, exactly. that, that whole, that exactly. whole virtuous circle. Yeah, yeah. Roger, my final question mm. um, uh, for today, and, and you've touched on this a little bit already. So you, you, you've talked about a lot about your career to date, but but I, I thought my last, last question would look, look forward. So looking okay. forward, what are your hopes for the world of work for the coming years? Lots of our listeners, you know, they'll, they'll be at the, yeah, at the front of end of that, of that journey. So what are your hopes for the world of work in the years ahead? Okay, well, to take some of the themes, you know, everyone's talking about disruption and the, their concern about junior level jobs. I'm actually going to say that I think my hope is that some of the technology we have coming through actually makes jobs more interesting actually because it will mean the jobs change and actually some of the skill sets such as hovering above the data that's all being produced and actually looking for patterns and makes the you know it's not actually creating the data yourself it's it's actually about looking so i'm thinking that does technology help us actually make jobs more interesting simon which i think is definitely the case in the legal sector i think you know rather than actually be in the due diligence room for 14 weeks or whatever, perhaps you will be there less and you'll be asking the right questions of data 
that's already you can press a button and get that data so or you know first draft of a contract will be press a button or tell us three variables and you press a button and you get the contract draft or whatever you know so more than three variables but um but uh, but actually you know is there a, you know so one hope is that actually i think the world of work you know so i, I hope that therefore people can use their their critical thinking skills there and all of that stuff of you know asking great questions and almost that's one of my hopes for the future the other thing I, I do think and i've seen it you know literally last few weeks it's come home to me is that career paths are getting more varied and for example just take the legal sector again um sometimes over the last few years firms of take law firms they've started to have different types of departments like with more technology or more different types of services consulting services whatever added in like an adjacent service to their firm a, a separate department or new 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 department but now what's beginning to happen, and say over the last few months, you know, tech graduation scheme or whatever, you know, there are more now of, it's not so much going on the traditional path and then branch across. It's actually, these pathways are there from the beginning. So I think it becomes, the world becomes, the career paths become more fluid, I think, Simon, which I think is so exciting. So you can do almost more different subjects and then just go on more different pathways in a great lattice where you make your choices. And if hopefully, if you think it's useful, think two steps ahead and, um, perhaps you need to speak, think five steps ahead now because of you know perhaps the world got more complicated. But I just think career paths become more interesting, Simon. I think there are going to be more choices for people to take. Um, and I think, as I say, all the technology. I hope it will make jobs more interesting. Yeah, brilliant. I think it's such a lovely way to 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 end this discussion and and um, and that piece around and it comes back to I guess an earlier point I was making in terms of there's so much pressure on people to know what they want to mm. do. Uh, and actually, to, to your point, you know, you've talked about your journey uh, uh, very openly and very honestly, and, and but you've also talked about what your expectations are of the future in terms of the world of work, in terms of the breadth of opportunities and different options and different yeah. routes you can go down. And you say that's exciting. You know, we're not tied to a set path. Um, and that hopefully is exciting for people. So Nigel, thank you. It's, I really appreciate you as say sharing so openly and so candidly, uh, both your journey, you know, some of those setbacks that, that you've had um, uh, and, and what your hopes are for future. So a really big thank you uh, from all the Reimagine Law team for, for you sharing today. Thank you. No, that, that's fine. It's been, been an absolute pleasure. And I think just to emphasize almost like the, the circular loop that one goes through, Simon. You know, there's, there's, there's a lovely, I think it's T.S. Eliot, there's a really nice poem that I've quoted where it says, as we go through our careers, we, we try on new identities, but we then become closer and closer to becoming ourselves again. And I think it's that thing of almost throughout all your life, you actually realize the things you're always interested in. And so they've stayed with me since 1991, actually. And I realize I still use those day to day. They're still the themes I'm interested in, when I, whether I'm in a law firm or a business school, whatever it is. Um, it's all the stuff around, you know, all those more anthropological type themes. I'm, you know, just in, interested in human, in human beings, I suppose, which took me to the learning phase. But it's been a pleasure. Lovely to, lovely to chat it through. Fantastic. Thank you.